Cheers. Cheers. Agreed. Cheers. All right, let's kick this bad boy off. What's up, guys? John Sentez, Alex Rojas, Nama Strength, John Sentez, Cutter Nation Baseball. We come together to form the Let's Win a Ball Game podcast. Please like and subscribe. Show this off. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Please like and subscribe. Um, this is available on um, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, YouTube. Um, you can support us if you'd like to train with us remotely. We both have remote training programs. I have an online store where you can grab some dope gear um, like this or the weird shirt that I'm wearing underneath it. Um, we have plenty of affiliate companies that we're working for as well that uh, will all available on our website. So, Alex, appreciate it. You go ahead. Oh, um, nothing online as of right now. We're, we're still just kind of working on what we're doing in the shop. A lot of good stuff that's happening in the shop right now. Uh, classes are rolling right now. If you guys are playing summer ball, we are going to start getting live at-bats. I need to get more pitchers, honestly. So if you are a pitcher in the area that's looking to throw the hitters that want to hit, because there's a lot, come to TPC. Plenty of guys that want to hit off of you, and if you can't find innings maybe on your summer ball team, come throw some live at-bats. We talk about it all the time. Uh, it takes too long to get through, like, 20 hitters for a pitcher. It takes you, like, three hours. you got to pitch a whole game. But it realistically, that should be something you're doing all the time because that's how you play the game. So uh, we need more pitchers. We got we got some, but a lot are actually going to be traveling and playing summer ball. So we need some guys that are maybe not doing the traveling so much where they're younger guys that are looking to pitch and they don't care if they're pitching older guys. That works too. Um, but, yeah, that's where we're at right now. We're trying to build some live at-bats. I just need pitchers. We have a, we have a substantial – a substantial difference between the number of hitters and pitchers just the just like the general numbers it's um like a lot of the guys that are playing high level travel ball the odds of them being local on the weekend are just not gonna happen right so you're looking at a midweek thing for a lot of you guys probably like in the morning right like a morning time session maybe like a 10 a.m to 12 12 p.m um Whoever that guy is, but yeah, dude, you don't need more time. Just come in. We'll, we'll have guys that are your level, like because trust me, we have plenty of hitters. I like how we need more. Yeah, hitters. it's my favorite part where people are like, oh yeah, I just need to throw yep. a bullpen. Like it's so boring. It's so boring. Don't do that. Like jump into the deep end, cannibal. It's not. There's no chalk. There's no umpires. It's not real. It's just yeah. sparring. So like, like what I'm, are you, you to prepare? You yeah, what are you preparing for? Yeah. What are you doing? Like what are you doing? Canadian. Like, imagine in a perfect world, both John and I are there. Like, I would sit behind home plate, and I would just talk to – yeah, see? I would just talk to the hitter. Like, hey, what pitch did you just see in the last at bat first pitch? Right? Versus, like, maybe if it were to be John back there. It's like, dude, what's he, like, trying to do with the baseball? Like, what is he trying to do? Oh, he's trying to hit the ball in the gap. All right, which gap? You know, which gap specifically? Oh, he's a pull side gap. Okay, so how do we avoid that? How do you avoid balls that go that way with that swing? That was another thing that you talked about in the last podcast. Um, there are so many different, like, types of ways that guys express 
the baseball swing, right? But guys do, like, just do different things so often. Like, there are guys that just, like, what was his name? Todd Frazier? Dude, every time I feel like he got a base hit, he hooked it. Like, he always looked like he was hooking, hooking around the ball. So there's just guys that often do the same thing. Um, but that's what you're trying to work on live at bats, trying to figure out why you do the same shit over and over again. Um, so it's, it's really annoying when I see guys just can't stop doing the same shit over and over again, and I get it. But a lot of it comes from live at bats and, like, live situations to help you understand how to stop practicing that way. Agreed. Agreed. That's uh, I'll piggyback on that. Um, Friday morning, first day live ABs here. I think we already have five or six pitchers up. So hitters, if you want to come test your skill, if you want to find out how good you are, um, we'll be here. And I'm throwing. So first first outing of the summer. Excited. Even in May, it's a very you know. I know there's going to be a lot of guys. A lot of high school seasons are just ending, so I know some people are going to be available. Um, but I can't wait to get this idea outside as well. I'm, I'm really jacked for the setup of what we're going to do. We've got, we're going to have so many different things that are working. Um, uh, we will actually have 10 a.m. live ABs here down in San Diego. Alex and I are in two different locations for guys in the comments. Um, but yeah, we'll live stream it. It's going to go really well. You know, you can watch it. We have a really, really good time. It's, it's fun. Um, we need it just for the sake of everybody's safety. You don't want anybody seeing something or hearing something that's, you know, not what we need. You know what I mean? So, yeah. There is awesome. dugout talk, everybody. We're not going to deny dugout talk. We're not going to change our dugout talk for you. So we're just going to silence it. Yeah. That way, because everybody's got to be natural. Plus, we, we vlog it anyway. So if anything fun happens, everybody gets it, you know? Like, I couldn't imagine how different things would be. Like, Eric Sim doesn't care. I love how many kids know Eric Sim, but I actually can't say the words Eric Sim. I have to say the king of Juca. <laughs> sometimes I say Eric Sim, they're like, kind of give me this, like, I know the name, but, like, I can't. The king of Juca, they're like, oh, yeah, that guy. They always start smiling. They're like, yeah, that guy's cool. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Got it. I'm like, you know what that guy sounds like to all the parents and stuff out there? You know, he's not PG-13. You know, mm. he's... He, he's got the, the lip on him, yeah. right? But that's – Hey, it's 2023, you know? It's a part of where we're at. Um, also, I believe you told me that you acquired a device that throws balls at a very interesting and high rate of speed. Yeah, let's talk about it. How's that? Honestly, the spin ball – so let me just take it through the experience of last night. Um, last night, Advanced BP, we featured the spin ball. The spin ball pitching machine is one of the greatest, newest machines that's out there. It's made by um, uh, it's the iPitch. So, spin ball is the company, the iPitch. It works on an Android tablet. I get to type in the spin rate, I get to type in the speed, and then I get to aim it with its own little like up, down, left, right system. And so um, last night in advanced BP, I actually didn't even throw. So at distance, so stay with me, release point, 55 feet, major league average, okay? 55 feet release point, leg extensions on the eye pitch, making the release point coming from six foot five, okay? I'll send you a photo, shooting at a down angle, 
we had two 12 year olds big hey big little league night last night so attendance was a little low so we only had three guys but it was perfect we had brian reyes our our pro guy we had two 12 year olds okay and they played four baseball games against each other on the hit tracks and the little guy started at 75 okay the little guy started at 75 at 60 feet and we're blown away at how easy it was and and all and then we got the little guys got up to 95 the last round and they were sitting the the, the first game they won maybe like three to two or something like now brian stayed on 95 the whole time okay which was wow. you know his advantage what and, and yeah <clears throat> what's the missed diameter like if this oh, is where the ball's supposed to be oh it's it stays in the zone the no shit like how, how bad is a miss though that's like, no I'm, uh, no so, so plate 17 right we're firing it down the middle It'll stay maybe within like a 12 inch area. So That's you can cheat. Dope. Yeah, at 95 too. Wow. And so you can, you can normally, what, what I don't know if you guys know, normally when you go to high rate, high spin rate, I'm sorry, when you go high speed, a lot of the pitching machines spin the ball too much. So you get really giant shapes and nasty sinkers and cutters. Yep. Because you can control the spin rate, you can actually control where it's going more. And so, like, the little guys, I was making it realistic. So, at 85 miles an hour, the ball was coming like 18, 1900. For Brian, at 95 miles an hour, is more like 2300, which is average. Thank you so much. Which is major league average here. You can have this back. Um, sorry, I like to take notes. You know what I mean? My, my guy over here, Zach, working, working hard. How's the thing going? My rehab guy. Oh, and look at that beautiful, I mean, just this little adorable, my daughter is so photogenic. It's so, it's, it's unreal. It's unreal. My poor employees here that have to check my iCloud that has just like photos of my family on it too, but I just haven't made it. I need to make another one. Probably need to do that. Anyway, um, yeah, dude, so um, it was just really, really fun to watch 12-year-olds face 90 at, at 20, 2100. You know, and then figure it out. Be on time. Barrel it up. Feel a hey, feel the force difference. How about that? How about seventy-five swinging through it? Yeah. Ninety barrel stopping a little bit, and then they're feeling it, and then they're also seeing a loss of like fifty feet. Like swung through it, got to the end fast. Two ten, two fifteen. Stopped. One thirty-five. Whoa! It's pretty incredible to get a kid like. The force that 95 as a ball has, right. the, the over, just to like, to like, did you see that video that Driveline was posting where like the minimum, maximum exit velocity required to be in the big leagues? So the minimum, maximum exit velocity, meaning the hardest hit ball, but it's the slowest one was 103. That was the, the slowest one all year last year. That's a fucking piss missile 103 <laughs> is a shot right yeah. and that's that doesn't mean that that's where that guy maxes out you know what i mean that, but that's where uh that's where he caught the ball right major league average i think is like 83 right but that means yeah. that like that's the average ball in play right but you gotta hit the ball hard now i don't care how hard you can hit the ball when 95 hits your 103 mile an hour capable barrel if you ain't never done it before that barrel starts to get pushed back and just that overcoming force at 12 years old doing that man that's uh that's awesome that really yeah. is. 
it really was fun, you know. And then they even had the nuts. Kind of bad. Once they really I couldn't tell. I mean, it looked like they were swinging drop fives, maybe. You know, so probably like U Triple S A. Probably. Cool. Yeah. That's good. They even, yeah. they even broke out the uh, the last round. I just remember this too. They broke out the bombats. So they were swinging thirty twos. That's cool. Against ninety five too, and they were cool. like, "Dude, this is." They were like, "This is kind of cool." I'm like, "I know." I mean, honestly, I would I I would go in there right now and do the same thing. I would just fire it up and set ninety five down the middle and just go figure it out. See that. Especially if you see it come all the way in like that, it's just yeah. so important. Even as like a catching tool, like you could make some unbelievable pitches that you got to have guys like work their glove and their hand strength, their elbow strength. Uh, there's a guy that I follow on Instagram. I think it's like G Car Twenty or something like that. Uh, but he's a catching coach for the Blue Jays, and I saw this drill that he did recently where it's like the kids kind of face you at an angle like this. Like, I'd be facing you, right? And you feed me the ball. And so the kid kind of catches the ball here. But then you put a plate in front of him this way. So you teach the kid how to go. Then you have to face just, like, moving your glove through. Then you handcuff him on purpose. So you make him catch like this. And they got to work through this way. Dude, that was how my kids do against, like, some nasty stuff on the machine. Just their sticking ability of just, like, I'm not moving that shit. Mm -hmm. Just, like, dude, that's some grown man catching right. from a young kid. But then I made him do it off the pitching machine as well. Like, now I'm going to handcuff you at 60. And you're going to be like this, right? And you're going to have to, you get some 10, 11-year-olds that, like, they buck up, you know? They start to be, like. I can do this, but with an eye spin or whatever you call it, eye pitch, right? Dude, you can get, like, Edwin Diaz sliders to, like, an 11-year-old just because you can. Sure. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea, too. We definitely want to break out the the spin ball and stuff for catching as well. Yeah. And we have had some junior hack attacks, too, but, like, just thinking about the shapes and the spin rate, like, yeah. you can show it, you know? Recently – because we have a home plate machine, right? So the beauty about a home plate machine is that you can sequence it, right? And then let it go. So I made a four pitch sequence that I think I said about on our last podcast. Our catchers have caught it, our youth catchers, and then our older guys have to hit it, right? It just doesn't have the velo because we're at 50 feet, but it's fastball, yeah. slider, sinker, slider, curveball. And watching the Little guys catch these like these shapes and like their eyes and their bodies have to move and do different things. They start changing how they catch because they're like, dude, this is nasty. The guys to change like they start laughing. Like they'll miss on a splitter and they'll just start laughing. They're like, oh my god, that was so gross. I'm like, I know you whiffed pretty bad. Like you tried to come through and the ball was like way over there. But it just creates the the reality of like there's no. 12-year-old that's going to throw a splitter that gross that you're going to see. But it's at 50, so it's, you know, it's safe for this kid who's not necessarily an elite kid, right? But he's just trying to get used to, like, catching at a higher level, just sequencing these shapes. So it doesn't have to be the nastiest stuff ever, but they got to they gotta move, right? It can be yeah. pretty gross in a low velo, right? That's, that's like, um, what's that? that uh the blitz ball i always forget about that like you can make that thing 
do some nasty shapes in a very short distance. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I'm actually writing that down. You just yeah. gave me up a good idea, idea that I didn't write for this video. Have you ever used the, the smash factor balls that Driveline talks about? No. It's very interesting. So they're supposed to be like jugs balls, essentially. Like they're those light, foamy, plastic type jugs balls that you can get accurately up to high levels, like 93, 94, 95. But they're so light that they take away the impact of the contact. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So like the blowback that we were just talking about, you can minimize that. I don't know if that's the best route to go. Yeah. Just because I feel like that already happens so much when you hit a baseball in front toss. Right. Like I think it would be a so, phase for sure. Yeah. It could be a phase. But then I can make the argument that that's the same thing as like the, uh, the tiny baseballs. That I've been actually getting some fun results with. Those it's tiny fun. baseballs, uh, kids start hitting the ball like, did I had a kid who had no business hitting the ball 90, but it was a tiny baseball? Like he tops out at 78, and then he cranks one up like 91 or something like that the other day. And I was just kind of staring. I was like, there's no way you just hit 91. I was like, even with a tiny baseball, how'd you do that? Like you had to square that up perfectly on the barrel. Then you had to extend perfectly. You had to catch it perfect on timing. So it's like the idea of hitting a baseball 90 miles an hour, right? And maybe it's like a meta concept. It's like, maybe I just need to get to know, get their body to know how to do that faster. And then it just works. It's like throwing a three ounce baseball, maybe. But like, that doesn't always mean you can hit a five ounce baseball that hard, but who knows? They're tiny. Could compensate. There yeah. we go. No, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, it's, I, I see. I love watching your videos and all those guys doing all that and figuring it. And it all makes sense. You know, I mean, even the Max BP machine. You know, if you were progress from size, right? Max right. BP to right. lefty swag to baseball. Oh, yeah. You know, like that. I, you know, yeah. I think that would be a good progression. The smash factor balls. I mean, I agree. I think you need to feel the force. I think you do. I think that would create a, it would be like a, a different feeling. So you would, I mean, progressively, maybe figure out, and then once you figure out, then go back to baseballs. So maybe not the whole time. But yeah, I mean, I could kind of see it. But like, if the eye pitch is, the eye pitch is just putting it within like 12 inches, dude. Like, you got to be that good anyway. Yeah, that's nasty. 12 inches is tight. You know what I mean? I can really, if it's just a strike, you should be able to handle it. Yeah. Plus, the, yeah. I feel like the the concept of a moving ball, we lost that. Like, so many parents, I have to tell them, like, stop taking him to the park and just doing T-work. Like, let him hit the ball and see how far he can hit it. Right. Like, just make him hit or her. I don't work with a lot of softball girls, but if I were, I'd be like, hey, stop making her hit stuff that's not moving. Mm -hmm. Just because mm -hmm. she's not good at it doesn't mean that you should make it stop moving. Like, you have to make that concept easier because that's never mm -hmm. going to go away. It's never going to go away. It's literally the concept of the game. So that should be your first order of business to anybody who's watching it out there. Um, that's not even a secret. That's just, like, the truth. <laughs> like, that's just, like, the straight-up truth. Like, stop with this. Like, T-ball, here's a conspiracy theory. T-ball was invented because probably 36 to 50 kids in a local county just sucked, and they couldn't figure it out. 
And so they're like, why don't we have a level where <laughs> we put a ball on a tee? Because I'm pretty sure the history of the tee, like, I don't think the tee existed until, like, the 50s or the 60s. And I'm pretty sure of that. So, it, again, it was just like somebody struggled, and then they're like, we should make this part of the game. But I don't know if that's the best thing we've ever done in terms of the game. There's good things with it. I use the tee for a lot of stuff. But I think in terms of a starting step, I don't know. I'd rather just maybe have them use a giant-ass ball. <laughs> Instead, just like make the, make the game the same and just make it like a beach ball-sized baseball. And just like make it way simpler. It's just like you're still hitting it with a bat. It's just way easier. I don't know. Spitball. Like, can you look that up? Can you look up when the tea was invented? I know that's such a silly thing, but please do. I don't think it was a pre 1950 thing. Give me a sec. I feel like Jamie from Rogan. Who you are. You know everything technologically. You're very now. Very hey, capable. You're I, real good, bro. You're real good. 1958. Sup, son? Yeah, we're going to start using that stat. Did you hear that, Rhino? 1958 was when the tea, the batting tee was invented. Baseball exists for 100 freaking years. And then they yeah, decide. baseball's been going 100 years. They just invented the batting tee in 1958. So basically the 60s. Hey, Gary, was already in the big leagues, dude. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Interesting. Like, hey, good question. This guy brings, hey, you know what I mean? Heat. Yeah. Sorry, I'm so smart, guys. <laughs> You're bad. Sorry. You're bad. Like, I'm just, I'm like, I think I'm tired of where kids are coming in at. Because I feel like I'm getting kids that just don't understand. Like, the other day, I had to ask a kid, where's the pitcher throwing the ball? They're like, over the plate. I'm like, right. Why? He's like, pause. He didn't. He didn't know how to respond. He goes to throw strikes. So I was like, exactly. And do you swing at strikes? He goes, yeah. I was like, okay. So where should you be looking then? And he goes over the plate. And I was like, exactly. And he just kind of stared at me like I just like totally just like spun him around three times and like poked him in the head. And was just like, boom, you're fixed. But. He just started raking after that. And it was just the idea of he was keep he kept pulling his head. But instead of telling him he kept pulling his head, I was just like, hey dude, like where is the ball going? And he had never actually thought about like, oh yeah, like this guy's trying to throw strikes. Where's the strike zone? Again, kid was maybe like two or three years into Little League, maybe four, so I think it was like nine, right? So he started playing like five, maybe six. So he'd already done T ball. He'd already done that weird – we have a weird pitch machine now. It's like a leg lever thing. You, like, catapult this shit into the kid. You pull this blue catapult down, and then you stomp on it, and it shoots the ball out like a little arm does that. So it's not even like – I remember when I played pitch machine, it was the jugs machine. Like, we were actually facing velo. Now they're, like, catapulting this ball at a kid, right? Not even throwing it. And that's the first two years. So it goes T-ball and then catapult and then coaches pitch. So let's say you start at five. You're really not playing with a ball moving at you until your third year. I think that's way too late. Because yeah. that's so many swings that they practice. Like, 
without a moving object right. it's like coming from an arm i'm not saying that's true but like that's so weird like imagine not throwing to a hitter so you're like 12. that wouldn't make sense agreed agreed yeah i mean that's why they use a smaller ball down in mexico and play you know do they really i didn't know that yeah they use like a probably lefty swag size ball maybe even a little bit bigger um for the young kids and they play ball down there four or five that's so smart yeah for sure so what's new with you what's going on uh dude just getting this whole summer stuff going i got the team in here full ready to go um we are you know going live friday it's exciting gonna get that part started i think that's gonna be fun i think that um you know the summer is gonna be a great time with the summer team with live abs with in-house training you know it's gonna be got some awesome things coming got another track menu coming so we can be in two places at once with our data um Really gonna try to stream live ABs really well. Probably gonna have to buy a new camera soon so we can really get some high quality content on both sides. Um, yeah, pumped though. Really, we're, we're really excited about the focus of you know what we're trying to do here. You know, I think there's there's a lot of opportunities, you know, for us to execute, which is what we're always trying to do. Whether it's you know working with companies that need more exposure, helping athletes learn how to play the game that's effective. You know, there's just a bunch of stuff that, you know, there's a process that that has to happen. You have to learn the hard way. You have to jump in the deep end and find out if you're good. And I just don't think there's enough baseball, baseball players doing that. You know, I don't think there's a lot of people doing enough of like, well, how do I even know I'm good? You know? Yeah. Too, yeah, too busy doing things that like are slow. You know what I mean? And I, and I think that that is a problem. I think that that is a for sure issue of what people think is effective. And I just was, I was lied to too much, man. Honestly, really was. Really was lied way too much to about how, yeah, for sure. You know Not what I mean? As fast as possible, but faster, sooner. Right, exactly. Like, it's almost like not knowing how big of a fish is out there. It's like seeing a like a catfish, and your dad being like, "That's the biggest fish ever caught by man." Yeah. You're like, what? And then you find out that there's like a whale shark, and you're like, "What the fuck, dad?" Like, dude, yeah. this thing is the size of a small building. Yeah. But it does feel a little um, backwards. Totally. Totally. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about getting all of these systems, the track band, the live streams, the hit tracks, all of the the data together, which is going to be really fun because when our guys throw our bullpens or our live ABs or our game, we're going to have the track band on. So we get to watch their progress too. So it's going to be fun to build, build some reports. Yeah, for sure. Especially with the hitters, you know, we're going to do some testing. We're going to do some stuff that, you know, I always want people to feel like they, they're getting something out of it. And at the bare minimum in, in 10 weeks, you know, we should be able to get people, you know, the bare minimum of 1% better. I, f- I feel like that's easy. If I can get you one to two miles an hour at the minimum, right? Like then at least you've got something, either pitching or exit below. But I think a lot of those things have to do with how comfortable you can play inside of the riskiest game. 
I can't say enough like that. That was pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 All right. Well, it's buddy. We nailed it. Short and quick. Love it. We'll get some stuff on there. Okay, go. I just did it. I just took a deep breath. And that was something that I wanted to talk about. So, um, there isn't enough talk about, um, like, calming players down. I feel like that's the other step, right? Anybody mm -hmm. that's watching this that's a player at what point, you got to read. I think Heads Up Baseball is the easiest mental book because I think it's like 180 pages. The mental game of baseball, I think it's like 300-something pages. But for the most part, I think before the age of, again, like 16, I think baseball players need to mature a little bit in terms of how to accept failure at a bigger stage because you're you're going through these higher stages so fast. Like you go freshman, JV, varsity in three years. So if that's – if like you're lucky, right, if you keep developing, right? But the book heads up baseball. Baseball. I've recommended it to a few clients and I've seen a lot of great outcomes just in the short time that they've done it. Like just watching kids that just used to struggle with failure, even in a training environment. And no matter how much we would have the conversation, they couldn't let it go. Mm -hmm. And I read that book. They're not done with it, but they've both done the book. And you can see them like slow themselves down. When they start to get erratic, they're just like, like you can see them just like, step out and just be like children so i think that's a huge recommendation for any kid that's watching this heads up baseball by ken revisa it's like 180 pages and you'll love it you can write in it like it's not it's not like a book book it's a baseball player's mental book so don't consider it like somebody you would read at school this is made for you designed for you to help you i didn't make it but i don't think you can make a better one i really don't love good recommendations from there too yeah and also you know if you if you guys are are are, are you know in the area and you want to train with us you know sign up yeah. you know I, I know that I've, I've sent plenty of people up that way up to our guy alex has sent people down to us you know shoot how's my lefty doing Dude, he, he got banged up again, man. <laughs> but I think that was an overuse thing. I think it's just like, I think it's one of those things where, like, baseball players are very similar to a lot of other athletes in the, the sense of, like, we're all chasing a population of 500, and there's, like, a bajillion of us all trying to fit in these tiny spots. And so some people, when, you know, they cash in, sometimes maybe they are under recovered because they cash in so hard. And I think that was a big part of it is he was just under recovered. And that's what, I think that's what a lot of these kids are. I think they're just under recovered. You guys don't sleep enough and you don't eat well. You look too much on Snapchat and you eat poop. I don't know what you eat, but it's not good. <laughs> poop. You eat poop. That's all I know. Because I got two boys, so I know what they were eating. And all of you guys were 10 and 12 like four or five years ago. And I know you loved grilled cheese and corn dogs. Well, guess what? Mike Trout does not eat grilled cheese and corn dogs. Maybe he does every once in a while, but probably not. That's all.
Yeah. So many kids I talked to, like, what'd you eat today? He was like, I had a grilled cheese and a Pop-Tart. I'm like, bro, you got to eat, dude. Even if it's more food, just eat more. Mm-hmm. Like, why well, want to, mm-hmm. like, bro, if you want to hit bombs, you got to be big, dude. Go eat food. Sorry, I keep extending our podcast. I got so it's much okay. to say right now because it's like, there's been a lot of, I feel like, lack of the the outdoor membership or mentorship, like these travel ball coaches and these high school coaches, I feel like are letting me down because I'm giving you some really polished kids and they're coming back dirty, not cleaner. I'm like, what's going on, dude? Like, this is like, hold on. Like, I gotta come back. I gotta clean this thing back up again. So I just, I've been fired up lately. Yeah, that's, go say what you gotta say. Well, just to to finalize it, like you guys eat like crap and you don't sleep well. You like, I need to find the clip that I saw that was like a Huberman style podcast. But sleep is pretty much like a, like an HGH uh, D ball trend type level steroid. Like sleep, sleep is, and if you were to sleep as much as like, and I know it sounds crazy, but like nine to 10 hours, you guys are young, dude. You ain't got nothing to do. You ain't got no job. You don't got kids, right? Your high school season just ended. Find a way to get like nine to 10 hours of sleep after tough training days or before big training days. If you can't every day, but I, I, I think that that needs to be a huge thing is like nine to 10 hours of sleep. Dude, Seth Curry got like 12 hours of sleep before a game and he dropped like 50 points. Like I heard him talk about that in an interview on the, the Bay Area CSN. Comcast Sports or whatever, he was like, yeah, I slept like 12 hours and he dropped like 51 or something like that. It's like, good God. So like, bro, like if you told me I'm asleep 10 hours and I'll go four for four with two ding-dongs and I'll throw two guys out at second, I'm going to bed at seven, dude. I'll wake up at seven. Oh, you just reminded me like uh, game day sleep the, that night. Like one, there's always anxiety, right? But like yeah. blackout curtains with – just like no alarm, no, no alarm. disruptions. Yeah. Like act like I don't I agree. I think kids are too overly stimulated and then like because of, of you know I'm sure mom and dad don't want them laying in bed all day. Right? They might yeah, I get that. there were times I remember sleeping at twelve, my dad was like, What's going on? I'm like, Oh, I just need to sleep. I don't know. Yeah. You know? And then I'm growing. You know what I mean? Dude, especially your big ass. I stopped growing early. You we, did not probably we, yeah, I grew in college, too. Yeah, I, I came into college at 15, I think, because I was already, like, 5'8 at, like, 13. But I think I got right. to about 5'10, 5'10 and a half on a good day. 5'10 like, and a half on a good day. Oh, I was listening to, again, another podcast. And there was some dad that was, like, the early bird gets the worm, but the early bird is also 5'5. Five five. <laughs> I love that. And it's again, some of, the best, some of the, like, the best natural athletes are always, like, taking naps all the time. Like, there's uh-huh. that, that, that great story of uh, Steve McNair of, like, he was, like, sleeping in the weight room, and the weight coach comes up to him and he goes, why are you sleeping? You need to work out. He goes, I need to sleep, too. And the weight coach goes, can you bench, like, 225 again? I don't know if this is, like, an exaggerated story. This is really, if you look at this on YouTube, like, a real story. I don't know if it's true facts. Apparently, he goes over to 225. And just bangs out like 10 reps and like racks it. And he goes, am I good? The coach is like, you're good. Because <laughs> he was just sleeping. Wakes up. Bangs out 10 reps on 225. 
played him for like Alcorn State in Mississippi. Rest in peace, Steve McNair. But mm -hmm. I think you guys got to sleep and eat better. Like, um, I get I get asked all the time, like, what are some things that my kid can do to gain weight? In the state of California, they have very strange dietitian and nutritionist laws. So I am not a physician, nor am I a nutritionist or a dietitian. However, However. There, are, uh, there are a lot of... I don't think that works that way. I don't think that works that way. <laughs> I said all different. <laughs> I can say whatever I want. <laughs> so, That's good. I think that there's a That's lot really of anecdotal good. evidence. Like, I know that there's a couple kids. I can't think of their last name, but I know there was one kid named Joel that I met when I went to Driveline, and he was like a high school senior. And he found this thing called the vertical diet. And he was a young kid, like a young man that was very driven. And it helped him put on a lot of weight and help him get strong at the same time in the weight room. And maintain his pitching gains because you guys don't realize that's a lot of calories like you're probably burning honestly 2200 calories a day because you're like a furnace you're growing your engine just then you add maybe an hour and a half long weight room workout let's say it's just strength training you're probably going to burn 350 calories right so now you're at 25 2600 then you add a hard let's say a hard velo session where you're doing running guns and you're throwing three ounces you're probably burning 400 again so now you're at 3000 right then you've just got miscellaneous stuff you might be doing like even stretching out going on a run like just moving with your family like you don't realize but that takes like calories and then you have to replenish even more than that if you want to gain weight so let's say you burn 3,000 calories with 1,000 in exercise, like 500 at baseball, 500 in the weight room, 2,000 because you're an 18-year-old kid. You have to eat probably 3,500. So you, not only do you have to eat that 3,000, you probably got to add 500 calories. Because at some point, especially if you're a college guy, you're going to not eat. And you're going to go on like a weird calorie deficit. So you guys have to prioritize then. The only way you grow after you eat all that, like 3,500 calories, you got to sleep. That's how you use it, right? So, like, just food and sleep, man. You guys, like, really got to understand how many calories you're burning. I don't, like, give a whoop or, like, a Fitbit or junk, anything like that, John. Apple Watch. So, you, I, I think we've done this conversation before. How many calories do you burn, like, when you throw, like, live ABs and you're throwing, like, oh. 150 pitches? My, when I when I did 185 pitches, I yeah. burned like 1,900 calories. You fucking see what I'm talking about? Like yeah. you burned like 2,000 calories. Yeah. Like that's that's probably honest to God, realistic. And that's not even what he burned the rest of the day. That was just the activity. Which is my favorite because then I get to go crush steak and etc. After that, right. And, like, honestly, you probably didn't put a dent in it. Like, you did. You could. <laughs> 1900's a lot. That's a yeah. lot. Yeah, it was, like, like that, it was like an hour and 45 minutes of throwing. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. And also, uh, the endurance to burn that many calories, you got to work out a lot and you got to throw a lot. So, you got to keep burning a lot of calories all the time. So, again, like, it's okay if you're a baseball player, especially a pitcher. You're probably going to be better off with a little chub chub.
Like a little chub chub. Little, little chub chub. Little chub. Little Lance Lynn, Lance Lynn, big boy. 95 all day, every day since he's like 21. Okay? Now, I'm not saying he's probably got the healthiest arteries, but he throws 96, 97 every day, and he's got some of the highest strikeout rate in the bigs. Sacrifice, gentlemen. All right? I'm just kidding. Don't sacrifice I love that. <laughs> but maybe do. That's your thing. I sacrificed my left tibia for two years so I could get that pro contract. So it's all whatever you're willing to, you know, whatever you're willing to do. But, like, again, guys that are bigger, like, look at how many guys are, like, low-key fat that throw gas in the big ones that don't get hurt. Like, because they got a little weight on their bodies. So they, they don't need to use their arm as much. So, like, you guys need to understand it's okay to sleep and to eat doesn't mean you're lazy. It just means you're trying to throw gas. Wow, that's such a great answer. I'm not fat. I'm just trying to throw hard. That, that's like an Eric Simism, a King of Juco metaphor. Like, truly, mm-hmm. you got to what's, – what's the dude down in Georgia that does the hitting? Like, Chad Longworth? No, not Chad Longworth. Oh, you're talking Some, about out front hitting? No. Casey Smith? No, there's another guy. Not Casey Smith. There's another one because – uh, I can't. I can't remember his name. But he used to say he was like, "You need to eat like bacon before every baseball hitting session." He goes, "It's fat, it's protein, and it's got high calories." Like that's just like what he. I think he said it was uh, bacon's equals bomb. Like bacon, bacon equals bombs. That's so, funny. Yeah, that's my two cents, man. Y'all gotta eat. Y'all gotta sleep. Y'all gotta figure out how much you have to eat. Like so, if you have an Apple Watch, I'm pretty sure John. Like, could tell you, it does a lot of stuff for you. Like, it measures, like, a lot of stuff that it, you don't really need to do. Or get a whoop strap. It'll tell you a lot about how much you actually need to sleep, how many calories you burn. Like, that's, that's how you're professional, dude. You figure out what your sleep and your eat is. Because a lot of you train hard, but you're missing the other two out of the three. You got to sleep, and you got to eat right. You do those other three or those other two, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God! That's why those guys from the islands are so good. They're all eating iguanas and plantains. <laughs> they're exactly. not eating processed food, guys. <laughs> they're eating iguanas and plantains. That's well, that was awesome. like, like, where's my book? I have my Mariano book somewhere. That's like his favorite food, iguanas. Like he said wow. that in the book. He's like, I love iguanas. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. It's, it's fascinating. It learned really the tea was. Less than 100 years old, Mario Rivera loves Sequanas. That's awesome. All right, my friend, I think, I, think we, no, I think we killed it. That was Iguanas and, and plantains. Let's do it. That's a, that should be a shirt. <laughs> Iguanas and bacon, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Iguana and bacon. Iguana and bacon. Awesome. All right, well, thank you, my friend. Uh, please like and subscribe. Appreciate it. Everybody that supports us, thank you so much. This will be available as soon as it is. See ya. Thank you, guys. Have a good day, John. Later, bud.